Welcome to Pease's Gab Fest, a chapter-by-chapter page-to-screen analysis of the Harry Potter series. I'm Sarah Day. I'm James. And I'm Meeks. And today we are analyzing Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 11, The Dueling Club. This is about an hour and three seconds of the film to about an hour and 13 seconds. Before we start gabbing, we wanted to give you a quick spoiler warning. We will be using our vast knowledge of the Wizarding World to compare the page to the screen, which means we may gab about future moments of the books and the films. So you've been warned, Ickle Firsties. Before we begin, a message from the Daily Prophet. No one wants to wait hours for a potion to brew. Ditch the cauldron and order a BlendJet 2 portable blender today. Sure to get you invited to Slughorn's parties, the BlendJet 2 makes blending so easy and convenient. BlendJet 2 is portable, so you can blend up your potions even while riding a broomstick. It's small enough to fit in your cloak, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like frozen fruit and lacewing flies with ease. BlendJet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning potion without waking up the whole common room. Lasts for 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. That, that's a muggle contraption. Best of all, BlendJet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. I really want to get the black one and add the Hufflepuff logo. Yes. Yeah, and I want a blue one so that it'll match, well, Ravenclaw, but also my kitchen counters. <laughs> <laughs> That's, like, super important. It's got to yeah. match the ki- kitchen counters. It's nice and convenient if that can happen. Black goes with anything, so I think I'm good. Yeah, it's true. Well, what are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and two free day shipping. No other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the BlendJet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or your money back. Blend anytime, anywhere with the BlendJet 2 portable blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code GABFEST12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. Before we get into our main discussion, um, there's a few little like day in the life bits kind of wrapping up the last chapter and kind of really getting into this next chapter. So Harry wakes up and is told by Madame Pomfrey he can leave after breakfast. And then he's wondering where Ron and Hermione would be. And he runs into Percy and Percy says, oh, ha ha ha. I hope he's not in another girl's bathroom which is a light bulb moment for Harry. And he goes straight to the girl's bathroom, moaning Myrtle's bathroom. And of course, Harry, um, Ron and Hermione are there and they have a brief bathroom chat before kind of deciding they need a few more ingredients for this polyjuice potion. And the best way to get that is to steal from Professor Snape. And so we do have a scene of chaos in Professor Snape's class. 
So before we start talking about the dueling club, do you have any comments on the first few pages of this chapter? Like how all of that is not in the movie. At <laughs> exactly. All. <laughs> uh, we do get so I the parts of the the book that do get into the film is them being in the girls' bathroom. And this, for the movie, is the introduction to Moaning Myrtle, who we've all been introduced to Moaning Myrtle by now really well at this point uh, in the book. But for the movie, for movie watchers, it's, this is the, a new character that you are now in, like now being introduced to. This is who she is. And Ron's like, who's Moaning Myrtle? And all this other stuff. So it's very interesting how they used this scene to introduce Moaning Myrtle and introduce the idea of the polyjuice potion because this is the first time they're actually brewing it. They've talked about it, but this like this is the actual like this is the first time they've actually done something about it where we see them progressively working on it. Um and then that's kind of it. I think if I remember, I just watched it today. I don't, I don't know why I don't have it fresh in my head, but it's essentially is just like, here's the apologies potion. Here's what they're using it for. This is Moaning Myrtle, by the way, and we're off to the dueling club. And so it's like, it leaves out essential information in comparison because you read the book and you're kind of just going, there's a lot going on here that, didn't get described or was described in um in a completely different area or location in the movie and it's very interesting we've already talked extensively about moaning myrtle because she appeared i believe at the death day party chapter and that's where we had like significant conversation about her and so that's why it can get a little confusing because we're doing this analysis and now we have these obvious, very huge changes of when it characters are introduced. Like it's not that she didn't appear at all. It's she did appear. She just appeared in a different section of the story to what characters say to what characters are doing the purposes of it all. We even had like two or three chapters earlier in the beginning of this book where things were totally in the wrong timeline of like happening where it happens in a completely different order in the book, but in the movie it happens in a completely different way. And so, yeah, you're right. Like this movie is already showing us that they're willing to overstep depth the bounds of what the original material is and that's what i think some people find very frustrating i just i wish as always that you know they didn't take out so much of the the small world world building bits um and uh you know just like the fact that harry wakes up in the hospital wing and obviously the first thing he wants to do is talk with his best friends about what he saw last night when he was sleeping in the hospital wing and they're not there and like it's not like it's anything that's a a big big deal but it's just you know small details that are world building and character building um and then talking with percy and percy so much of his 
character is cut out of the film um literally and Mm -hmm. also just the bits they do keep in with percy are so flattened Mm -hmm. and um so any conversation that happens with percy between any of the other characters and him is usually funny like it's it's funny as in it's so Percy the way that he speaks and he's so pompous and everything. And so every time his character gets removed, it's like another opportunity to um, that they could have had to really like nail down what his character's like. And they, they took it out. So I definitely want to see even these little tidbits in the, in the TV show. Um, And then Harry overhearing the Hufflepuff con uh, conversation that they have uh, before he ends up finding. We're going to get to that. Yeah, yeah, we, okay. we're definitely going to get to that. Uh, but like, I totally agree. Like Fred and George's little jokes, uh, Ginny's like exasperation, because we all know why. But like to see that like on a consistent basis, like none of that's there. But like, it would totally be awesome to have those like small little world building moments, like you were saying. And also. I just want to see a waterproof fire coming out of a toilet. Yeah, I mean, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be so freaking cool. Like, that's just like a little magical moment that they could have put in there, but they didn't. And it's kind of sad that we missed that. It's like, it's just a change of setting and a change of where the characters are placed in the same area that you were already in and then just have a little bit of magic. And then people are like, wow, you can make fires in a toilet. Okay. That's cool. Well, and talking about things that are cut from the film, um, the whole portion about getting these potion ingredients from Snape's class, um, like they make such a big deal, even in the film about how it's a difficult potion. And then that's it. I think you were James last time we talked, we're talking a lot about how, it was like, oh, this massive, difficult potion, and then boom, we're making the potion. Um, so getting even cutting this, getting those scenes, having to steal those last um, few ingredients from Snape himself is something we definitely need to see in the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they say they're Hermione, I think in the movie says like, not to mention we're going to break like 50 school rules mm-hmm. in the like at the beginning when they're talking about right, it. Exactly. What rules are they breaking? <laughs> in, the, like, in the movie, you're kind of just going like, what rules are they breaking? And yet here's this whole little thing where Harry threw a firecracker into, Go- like, into Goyle's cauldron, into Goyle's cauldron and it explodes everywhere and causes havoc. Like that's a school rule. Hermione broke into Snape's office. That's a school rule. She stole two potion, like potion ingredients. Like that's an extreme thing. And she even said like, Hey, I'm going to do it because if you two get caught, you're like immediately expelled. I have a clean record. I can get out of this. Right. I'm writing this as homework for our movie only watchers. How did they feel about like not being able to see the trio breaking the rules on screen because I think that is a really good point. They're like, oh my god, like Hermione makes this whole dramatic speech about how, you know, it's so dangerous and so um difficult and then like we don't see any of it in the movie. So homework for the movie watchers. Yeah, totally. Well the next scene is the title of the chapter, The Dueling Club. And I thought for the most part it was a pretty great adaptation of this portion of the chapter. Um, they definitely focused on this portion of the chapter. But what were your thoughts? So I have one big one, but I'll kind of save it towards the end. Um, but I really did like 
how I mean they changed a few things here and there, but like overall and like in comparison when you compare the two, mm-hmm. I really feel like that was a really well adapted part. Not to mention it's always one of my favorite things to watch when watching this movie. I just love like the idea of Harry and Malfoy just duking it out and just being able to like throw their aggression at each other. That's awesome to me. But like overall, just like when I read the book and then I watch the movie, you can definitely tell that they really tried to stay true to the idea of what that scene was supposed to do. And there's not really that much to complain about in regards to, Oh, I can't believe they left this out. Why did they do this? It's no, I think this is one of those, rare moments where they just didn't have to change anything because it worked well for what they were doing. Yeah. I think um, there's um, certain aspects of the dueling club that they definitely emphasized because of what's, you know, what they think that more people want to see with the movie, which is like the dramatic stuff and the, the giant fight scene between Harry and Jake Draco. And so they definitely emphasized certain aspects of the dueling scene that weren't necessarily as emphasized in the book or weren't emphasized in the same way which I don't love, but overall I think it, I think it worked great for a movie. It was like pretty much exactly what I would expect a movie to do for a scene like that. Um, so I would with a TV show and them having more time, I would like them to spend more time with um, like th- for the dueling club, we get a lot more time with seeing other, all the other students, not all of the other students, but kind of like a montage, if you will, of what the other students dueling experiences are like. And in the movie, we don't, we get zero of that. And then we also get a lot more of Lockhart being ridiculous in this chapter as usual. And that gets cut from the film. They, what they do with Lockhart, as far as him being pompous and Mm -hmm. cocky and stuff, they do a good job. He does a great job of acting that. And they, they write in enough that you get a sense of what his character is like, but we definitely get a lot of um, missing dialogue and missing behavior from him overall in the film. So I I would like to see more details in the show, but I think that for what they did for the movie was fine. Oh yeah. No, I think definitely there should be more and they can definitely do more like there's that whole scene where they're just all lined up in pairs Mm -hmm. and like it's just chaos because Lockhart is in charge and so everybody's throwing spells at each other that they know and like Hermione's in a wrestling match (laughs) she's like not even (laughs) dueling because her partner's just like so physical or whatever but it's there's so much you could do with that with a TV show. And that's what makes it super exciting. Cause this is one of those chapters that I feel like would be a super enjoyable episode to like, just have it be unwinding the dueling cup would be like the fun part of the episode and then leads to the sinister part of the episode, which is later in the chapter, which, you know, is really cool. Before we move on, I wanted to point out that this is the first time Harry has seen Expelliarmus. And the one person that does it is one person I wasn't expecting, which was Snape. And so in so in tandem, I realized Snape is the one that taught Harry the spell that he is so mm, famous Interesting. For, yeah, huh. Which I found is a uh, ring theory, because later in book six, which is the mirror of book two, Harry learns a spell from a certain professor that does a lot of damage to Harry's mm-hmm. reputation, which, you know, we'll leave that for when we get there. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, the um, sever Semfra. the one that cuts Draco all up, right? And yeah. he does it to the same person. Like, he, he, he's doing it to Draco as he's dueling Draco. Oh, wow. So he, Harry duels yeah. Draco in this chapter, but he also duels Draco in that chapter. That's very interesting. It's crazy. Very, very cool. I do yeah. love JKR's ring theory usage. But just like the, like, I guess I never realized that that was the first time he's ever experienced the spell Expelliarmus, and it came from the one person that he's disliked right. for a very long time. And that's one of the very, it is even said in the book, the companion guide, which I read um, that that's one of the very few things that Harry's learned from Snape was that spell that saves his life almost in, yeah, every that's time. Super interesting. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's just, that blew my mind. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a really interesting piece of, information also a very sad note in the book it says that when harry was hit by the spell it felt like a saucepan had been uh hit over his head and the fact that he uses that to describe the spell Mm -hmm. is just kind of proof that he has been hit in the head by a saucepan by the dursleys right because didn't she threaten it or she like went to hit him and ducked or something but the fact that he knows how yeah. a saucepan over the head feels kind of shows that he's already right. been hit over the head. And so it's like, that man, the Dursleys are crazy. Like, why? They're awful. Awful. So awful. those are my little tidbits <laughs> that I learned from this chapter. So James's tidbit section. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Meeks, any final thoughts before we move on to the next part of the chapter? Well... I don't know if these are a little um, – no, you know what? I'll save this for lightning round if we don't cover it. So, no, I'm good. Okay. Perfect. So, after the revelation that Harry speaks parcel tongue, there's this tension between him and Justin. And so, Harry's like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to go find Justin to explain what he was actually saying in parcel tongue. Uh, and instead of finding Justin, he finds Ernie and a bunch of other puffs. And I am so sad to report that these Hufflepuffs were talking and gossiping about Harry and giving us Hufflepuffs such a bad name. Um, but he gets fed up and eventually confronts them. It still doesn't go well. And he storms off. And... Um, He has a brief conversation with Hagrid, which is not in the film. And then he finds the petrified Nick and Justin. Um, Now, in the film, this sort of library scene was touched on a little bit. They were in this sort of study hall library room in the film. And everybody's just giving him, like, the stink eye. And he just leaves. Um, So, again, very flattened and very condensed. But what are your thoughts on this whole, you know, cutting this whole Justin arc here? I think that they should have kept in the plot line with um, with Justin because, it, like, I get that they were trying to shorten things for a film and try to keep things, you know, in a, within a time constraint. And so with a TV show, then they'll have a lot more more time that they'll be able to keep in all of these I don't even want to say subplot I feel like this is a pretty main part of the main plot so I don't know I think it was I think it was a bad call to take it out but um 
but I understand that in their minds, as far as filmmakers, they were probably thinking of ways that they can just cut time. And this felt like they could take this out and people who didn't read the books and were just watching the movies would still be able to like understand what was going on uh, in the whole movie. So I think it was a bad call, but it sucks. Yeah, because it's you have this whole moment of Justin and Harry looking at each other and Justin being like, what are you doing? And then all of these students in the library giving him the stink eye and then poof, Justin is petrified and there's no sort of conflict in between those two plot points in the film. Well, Mm -hmm. there was. Deleted scene time. Dun, dun, dun. So. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is, this is one of two deleted scenes for this chapter. Uh, which is crazy because some chapters don't even get one, but like this one has two. It probably is just going to frustrate you to know that they did film <laughs> that entire thing that you just talked about. Like, the whole Ernie conversation? The whole Ernie conversation Stop with it. the Hufflepuffs. Even. Um, oh, no, 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 I no. Think- you know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm glad that they took out the Hufflepuffs <laughs> being so snotty. <laughs> <laughs> But in the extended version of the movie, it was put back in. So, you know, you you can't win them all. (laughs) So it starts with them being in. It starts with them being in the library, and we get a like we get a version of library of everybody working in the library, and we get a little picture of like Professor. Not Madam Pince, sorry, not Professor. It's Madam Pince in the background. So Madam Pince shows up in in the scene, and we're just like, woohoo, Madam Pince. That's the only time you'll ever see her, ever. Uh, <laughs> she was cut out of the movie, guys. But it then goes into Harry's, like, it goes into normal. Harry gets up, walks out of the room because people are looking at him. But then he crosses the scene. Uh, he crosses that little, like, window thing. Uh, with like the bars, um, mm-hmm. and as soon as he disappears, and Ernie, uh, the char- the actor who plays Ernie, which is that blonde kid, if you uh, remember seeing that scene, he's the blonde kid at the table. Uh, he's in the actual movie, but he's staring at Harry as he's walking away. But then the deleted scene goes into Harry overhearing him go, oh, you know that Potter kid, and starts talking about all that stuff that's in the book and so he's just like yeah i told justin that he needs to hang low because he was foolish enough to tell potter that he was a muggle-born and that obviously makes him the next target uh, and Ugh. i believe hannah abbott also is in the conversation like says but like he's such a nice guy and or and, and something like that i can't remember the exact details of the scene off the top of my head but it, it the, the whole conversation is there and it's just them totally dousing on it. And Harry's just overhearing the entire thing and they don't even know he's listening and it gets him frustrated and he leaves, which leads into deleted scene number two, but we'll get there when we oh. get there. <laughs> I guess unless makes you have any comments, if you, if the deleted scene number two is right after, I guess go ahead. I mean, no, most of my stuff is just like little lightning round things. So, okay. So go ahead, James. Okay. So, 
deleted scene number two is Harry running into Hagrid. Oh my gosh, of course it is. In this great hall. <laughs> exactly how it is in the book. <laughs> so he's leaving the library and he's going into the great the grand staircase room and Hagrid's walking down with dead chickens in his hands. And Harry's like, what is that? <laughs> and Hagrid's, I think Hagrid throws in like a small explanation. Someone's been killing my roosters. But he was like, are you okay, Harry? And they have like a small little talk. But Harry's like, brushes it off. He's like, I'm fine. I have to go study. Um, but there's a good chunk of what's happening in the book in that scene. And so like, there's very similar lines. It was all like set in stone. And Harry's just running up the stairs. And Hagrid's kind of like showing a concerned look, being like, I hope he's okay. And he starts walking down the stairs. Like, uh, just just a normal thing. In context, I can kind of understand why they would cut that scene because it feels like it's just fluff in comparison to the entire movie. But the fact that they went through the processes and recorded it gives a lot more context to what the chapter is bringing mm-hmm. um, that was lost. And so when you add those two scenes in together, it fills in a it fills in that plot point that you're talking about because the next scene is him discovering. Justin Finch fleshly being petrified. Right. And what makes me so upset that they cut that Hagrid portion is, is because in the next chapter, when he's in Dumbledore's office, Hagrid busts in and it like defends him. And it's kind of random in the film because we, we look, like, where did Hagrid come from? You know? And in the book, we know that he just saw him. So he was with them. That's his, his alibi basically. And that's cut from the film mm-hmm. except for this deleted scene. Um, so it's kind of when Hagrid bust in, like if you were going to cut that, you should have changed that scene with Hagrid busting as, as well. Correct. Yeah. It definitely does not fit <laughs> the way they have it in the movie. <laughs> Well, um, I guess, James, do you have any final thoughts before Meigs' lightning round? Uh, with the chapter overall, because I believe the chapter ends with him going into Dumbledore's office, correct? Right before. Mm-hmm. Right before? Yeah. So just like overall, it's like there were some really good parts. I think they for the adaptation at the time, they did really good. There could have been some stuff that, you know, would have been better. Like Snape, I I think how like Snape told Gilderoy Lockhart, like, oh, don't do Ron and don't do Weasley and Harry together because Weasley will totally kill Harry and put him in the, you know, in the hospital wing in a matchbox. That line was meant for Neville and Justin Finch Fletchley in the book. But they made the adaptate like in the adaptation, they changed it to Ron, which still lands really well because Ron's wand is broken. So it's like they do make good choices and I can see that. But at the same time, there's these two deleted scenes that say that they originally cut these as not important, but give a t- entire contexts to the story and to Harry's character arc and just to the overall, like what's what Hogwarts thinks of Harry at this moment. And you're kind of just going, why, why was that even a consideration? What's the different, like what's the difference here? Was it easy to do? Was it just the, the, the thing that they, that made sense at the time? Like what's the thought processes that lead to it? And I'm just find it interesting that that's what's happening is that they do good things 
And we see that land really well as an adaptation, but then they do other things that kind of just go, you did it. It was there. It was going to be great. Yet you got rid of it. Why? So Mm -hmm. that's just my tidbit on this chapter is that it's kind of like a mix of both, you know, the good and the bad for me. So, well, I guess if you guys aren't going to mention it and maybe it's part of your PVC peeves, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> peeves peeves um but one of the biggest changes for our podcast should be that in the film filch finds harry with justin instead of peeves who in the book makes a huge ruckus when he finds harry with yeah. justin yeah it also That's gives it. you like the feeling that this is during the day mm-hmm like it's not nighttime like it, it shows in the film like because people are in classrooms right. and professors are coming out of the classroom right. and so it's like oh whoops yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the reason why harry was even out and why justin was even out of class was because herbology was canceled uh and so this was this is an attack that happened in the middle of the day yeah. compared to these other attacks where they you know mrs norris and colin were in the evening so this is huge stuff for the professors because they're going like, whoa, we're not safe at any time during the day. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, okay, so Meigs, do you have a lightning round? I do. <laughs> um, I definitely want to see a montage of all of the like, quote unquote, like normal kind of filler background things that are happening that the filmmakers obviously thought didn't need to be in the um, in the film. Like herbology getting canceled, mandrakes getting mittens, and I think that's like the most adorable concept ever. So I really want to see the mandrakes oh and the mittens. Mandrakes with yeah. mittens. <laughs> um, and uh, in transfiguration class, what? Okay, so I wrote down student turning to a badger, and now I need to remember exactly what I was talking about. Whatever I was talking about with that, whatever that detail is, I want to see that. Um, a montage of them like playing chess and you know kind of again like filler normal things like that so yeah just the day-to-day life at hogwarts they always take that out in every single movie they took yes that sort of stuff out and it's very frustrating um there's only a couple times that they left things like that in the film and it's just not not enough so hopefully with the tv show they'll have more time (laughs) um and then also like all of the, we kind of touched on this with the ha- Hagrid and Harry um, not having a conversation, and then all of a sudden Hagrid bursting into Dumbledore's office, and it was just kind of, kind of felt out of place and stuff. Um, but like there were a bunch of roosters getting killed. Um, Harry just in general sees so much death and tragedy, which is a very big overarching concept. But like he sees so much of that already as you know as a twelve year old, and I think that the movies make everything really dramatic but they don't necessarily showcase all of like make it dark yeah like they don't actually show what's i don't know it's like they pick and choose and then i don't know i I just think that they could do better with it which Mm -hmm. is like the theme of everything that we talk about um and when so i i like that like when And this is also another overarching concept across the whole series, but Harry always is wanting to help. So with Justin, even though he knows that like the Hufflepuffs are against him, like at this point, they're like against him and stuff like he still wants to help. He still wants to try to reach out to Justin and 
um, make sure that he's safe if possible. When he's dueling with Draco, he's not, he doesn't curse him, even though he thinks that Draco is the heir of Slytherin. So I just think that there's this overarching theme of Harry being really noble and always wanting to help. And we see it. <laughs> and so I just like that Harry's always looking at helping people, even when either he knows he might get in trouble or the other people might not do the same thing for him. He knows what he, he like always is on the side of doing what he knows is right um, for the better betterment of the people around him and to help the people around him. Like he wants everybody to be safe. Um, of course, Peeves needs to make an appearance when he's screaming attack, attack, like want to definitely want to see that. And we already talked about the, the way that the school finds out um, about the petrification. And then I think the last thing that's on my list is I think it is hilarious. I think it would be hilarious to see Ernie. I think it's Ernie wafting nearly headless Nick up the stairs. <laughs> um, because like, how else are you going to move a ghost? I think that is hilarious. Right. So I really want to see that. And that is my lightning round. That's a really good point about the wafting. All right, so let's dive into our Peeves Pleasure, James. My Peeves Pleasure is, I already said it at the beginning of this, um, but it's the duel between Malfoy and Harry. That just makes me happy inside. Just the fact that um, they can just duke it out, and it was really well done, and the actors enjoyed it thoroughly, I can tell. Uh, they loved. They probably loved being thrown about. Uh, as they got hit by pretend spells and stuff. Um, that's always been something that I think actors enjoy, is just being in that little harness thing and then just being like, floof! That's kind of fun. Um, but you you could just tell that they, they got really into it, and you could tell the movie Harry and, mo and movie Draco really enjoyed uh, having the chance to just have a school-approved uh violence towards each other and they took full advantage of it and it's just awesome so i love it um my pleasure is the music and set design and i feel like we bring that up a lot but it's always really good and every you know just that's one things that these films never miss on agreed my peeves pl pleasure was when um lockhart and snape were dueling and Snape got Lockhart and knocked him on his butt. And Hermione said, do you think he's all right? And Ron said, who cares? <laughs> um, because I was completely like word for word out of the book. And it was so nice. And I thought Kenneth Branagh really did a good job. And so did Alan Rickman, of course, and Emma and Rupert. I think that they just all did a really well, um, did really well portraying that scene. Yeah, I agree with that. Screen. All right, James, what is your Peeves Peeve? I Peeves would have to be Peeves not being in the thing. But, mm -hmm. you know, they already knew that Peeves wasn't going to be in the film, so I guess I can't hurt them too much for it. But, like, it would have been nice. It would have been awesome to see all of that. Um, I do appreciate them bringing in Filch to kind of maybe add an arc to what they were doing in the movie. Filch kind of was exactly. like felt justified in all that, but like Peeves would have been a lot more funnier. 
Although, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. It's just a lot. There's a lot going on in my head about that scene in, in general. And so it's just like, it would have been better with Peeves in it. Of course. Was it okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been better with Peeves in it. <laughs> I do agree that out of all the people to replace Peeves with, I think that Filch was the best option. Yes, I would agree with that. And Meigs, what is your peeve? Yeah, my peeve is um, the cutting out the world building as evidenced by my entire lightning round. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my peeve is, okay, (laughs) it's it's a pretty nitpicky peeve, but in the book, Harry only speaks the phrase in parcel tongue one time, like leave him alone and then the snake leaves him alone, right? Mm -hmm. And um, then that's why Harry is like so confused on why everybody's like, whoa um and in the movie he says the phrase three times and it's just overly dramatic and like i just uh you don't i don't know i we always talk about it being overly dramatic and i always i just thought that it was just too much (laughs) as always i totally agree with that i i really didn't like (laughs) a lot of the choices that they (laughs) that they chose (laughs) for this and that's definitely (laughs) one of them because because the whole point of that whole plot line is that Harry has no idea that what he did is a big deal. And the way that they did it in the film is that Harry's like creepily walking towards the snake and like repeating it. And I don't know, they just made it seem as if Harry like totally knew what was going on, but Harry just, it was a very quick interaction, but people freaked out because, because of it, that it was parcel tongue, but the way that they filmed it made it seem like Harry totally knew he was being creepy and, made it really dramatic and stuff and then and then all of a sudden he's like but what so i agree right well and right the book really like really specifically stated that the snake was going into attack justin and then he said hey don't do that but in the movie he was already saying hey don't attack justin but the snake wasn't even facing justin and so it's like Mm-hmm. You could have really easily solved this if you just had the snake look at Justin and go, ooh, that looks tasty, and, like, go towards him and, like, maybe get ready to attack. And then Harry approaches and, and like, says, hey, don't attack it. Maybe if you wanted to have a little more dramatic effect, like, have him say it once or twice, like they did in the movie. But it throws you off because... Just for that alone, it throws you off just because he starts saying it before the snake even considers attacking Justin. In the show, do you think that we should see it through Harry's perspective so that he says, don't attack Justin in English? And then later it's like, no, you were speaking Parseltongue. Or should it be like in the film where he speaks, Mm. like we hear the snake language and then he's confused and we're like, why is he confused? Cause he just, that's a really good point. I like the idea of maybe when you, fir- when we first see it, Harry's just speaking English, but then he's like looking around cause everybody gets all weird. And then like pretty, it's pretty much right after that, that he finds out that something's off. And so then Harry Ron could be like, you're speaking parcel tongue. And then it could like cut back over Harry, like thinks about it. 
And then it cuts back oh. and it's like everybody else's perspective of what happened. And then that way we really get a sense of Harry has no idea that he even knows what he doesn't even know what Parseltongue tongue is. So I, I like the idea of having mm-hmm. it first be from Harry's perspective that he's doing something normal. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I like that idea as well. And then later in the book where they have to, he has to say open, I think, to get into the chamber. That can already, we don't need to, you know, that can be in parcel tongue. But this first time, I think speaking it in English from our perspective would be a good idea. Anyway, let's move on to our salute. <laughs> Wait, right? Because I'm the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, James, what is your salute? Weasley salute is going to go to, I have to think about it this time, actually. Hold on. Normally, I know right off the bat, but like, I have to think about this one. Do you want me to go first? Go ahead. I have to take some time to think about this. Well, funnily enough, my salute was your pleasure, uh, James, of Daniel Radcliffe and Tom Felton and their acting during the duel scene because I feel the same way. I think that they probably had so much fun with that. And it was just, even though, as we've talked about, there were plenty of things that I'm like questionable choices for how they made this scene happen in the film, I think that the way that those two young boys acted was so cute and they did such a good job. And that must've felt like, like they really like nailed that scene, you know, like that must've been (laughs) such like a dramatic fun scene to do. And um, so that was really fun to watch them. Do you know James what yours is or? So mine's going to have to be, it's, it's going to have to be the ring theory of Nate teaching Harry spells. Um, not only did that really just like mm-hmm. blow my mind when I first realized that Harry learned Expelliarmus from Snape, because it's not where I expected that to come from. Um, it's just it. I mean, yeah, there's just so many so many layers to that already. But it it's also just like the idea of Harry, even though he dislikes Snape on so many levels can take something from somebody he dislikes and then utilize it and make it his own. Because it's not like he had Snape personally tutor him to make the spell. He just observed Snape use it and he was like, oh, that was cool, and starts using it. I don't even think there was a time where like somebody actually teaches him how, how the spell works. He was just like, oh, that's cool, says the spell and starts using the spell from that point forward. Like, it just does it's just a testament that he's so observant to the surroundings of what's going on around him. And he even learns from the people that he dislikes and, or the people that he kind of just like, he kind of like makes him like a little weird and kind of like, I don't want to like be associated with you, but he still observes their behaviors and, and can take things and, and just utilize it and change it into something that he goes, oh, yeah, this is why I use that. It's not even like a second thought to him. He, he's, he, it's not like he's turning off Snape completely. He doesn't turn off Snape and be like, I'm not paying attention to anything he, he says or does. He's still saying like, oh, that was cool. I'll take that and use that, even though it's coming from a guy that I loathe. Like that, to me, that's that's pretty cool, is, is Harry's ability to kind of just... Because you forget, I think you forget, as you, especially when you go into the other books, you forget quite often how much Harry doesn't know and how much he is constantly learning mm-hmm. about the wizarding world. 
and he has to be observant and soak up ev- everything around him and and learn from everybody he meets because he's still adapting to a world he has no knowledge of and that's still pretty cool yeah that was a really fascinating piece of information that you shared with us and um it's almost like also i wonder when he should because they've never had a competent defense against the dark arts teacher and i wonder when that should be taught or would it even be defense against the dark arts or where would that spell be taught um in a normal you know where would he have learned it if not from this moment Mm -hmm. and would he have learned it in time to use it against lord voldemort and you know what in book four i think that we're talking about expelliarmus right yes Mm -hmm. they that's like something i think that they should learn in year one like first year should learn that because not that people are in regular life are attacking 11 year olds but i mean that's to me that seems like a relatively simple spell that could obviously save somebody's life and so i feel like that should be something that that they do learn right away they don't need to learn any curses or anything like that but they should learn defense it's called defense against the dark so i think i think that that is something they should learn early I'm just giggling because when you said they don't need to learn curses, I thought about curse words instead of like mm-hmm. curse spells. Well, they should learn that. And I'm like, why would they learn curse words? <laughs> should be a whole class on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. My salute was okay. This is very, very minor, <laughs> but Percy, I am saluting Percy Weasley because. If not for running into Percy Weasley, Harry would be wandering around the vastness of Hogwarts trying to find Ron and Hermione. But because he ran into Percy and he joked about the girls' bathroom, he knew immediately where to go find Ron and Hermione. And why they weren't with Harry in the hospital wing because they were doing something more important. Mm -hmm. I agree. And Percy was, we all know what Percy's doing right now. (laughs) <laughs> every every time he shows up it's like i know what he's doing let's, let's keep it rated g here um all right well thank you everybody for causing havoc with us today next time we'll be discussing the chamber of secrets chapter 11 apologies potion this is an hour and 13 minutes to about an hour and 25 minutes into the film james where can our friends find you so you could all now know by this point but I'm just going to say TikTok and Instagram because that's exactly where you can find me. But, you know, if you want to talk to me a little bit more, you can always just join Pete's Gap Fest on the Facebook group and I'll talk to you there. So, you know, you could do that, too. And what is your Instagram and TikTok? Oh, James and Beltran <laughs> on both sides. And you can find me, Meigs, on Instagram at Megan. M-E-G-A-N underscore Lachowski, L-A-C-H-O-W-S-K-I. And then from there, you can find all of my other projects. And you can find me, Sarah Day, on Instagram at Captain.McD. And just like Meeks, you can find my other projects linked there as well. And that's McD, M-C-D-E-E. And don't forget to follow Peeves' Gap Fest on Instagram and TikTok at Peeves' Gap Fest. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a five-star review. Uh, 
And also send some feedback. Um, it's been a while, you know, with the holidays and everything. It's a new year. Um, but we would love it if you would send us some feedback. You can leave us a voicemail at 409-422-3378. That's 409-GABFEST. Or you can email us at peevesisgabfest at gmail.com. Also, come join the discussion over in our Facebook group. Uh, you can just search Peeves Gabfest on Facebook and we should pop up. Until next time, Ickle Firsties. Bye.